Welcome to episode 77 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. This is Jeff. Happy New Year. Can't say Happy New Year after January 7th. I say it through like March. January 7th? Yeah. Okay, March is like absolutely. I think that was a curb your enthusiasm. Okay, it's. Ism. It's so funny you say this because someone said Happy New Year to Steven and he said that and I hadn't even made this connection. He was like, Mike would know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I feel like these are the first time we're talking to these people. What if we didn't do our first pod till February? It's a Happy New Year from me then. Maybe I wouldn't have gone Happy New Year. I probably would have gone like first one of 2023. (laughs) That's so okay. Yeah. Might as well just say Happy New Year. All right. New Year, same fun facts. Four seconds. Four seconds is the appropriate amount of time to dunk an Oreo in milk. It's not a fact. It can't be a fact. It is. No. If you're <laughs> if you assume the cookie eater is looking for a thoroughly dunked cookie, but not a damp Oreo. Four seconds. It's not a fact. <laughs> We're starting off the year not strong. <laughs> yeah, I knew with, Mike with a fun opinion. I have a I have a fun fact rebuttal if you want it. I have a backup, but go ahead, Mike. So, I, would I think Mike. The rebuttal. I think for 2023, maybe Mike <laughs> does the fun fact. No, what I think we should do is you both come prepared, and then I decide which Who's one is, is better. More fun. All right. <laughs> Okay, did you know? <laughs> he loves it. I think he should no. do it. Wait, is this Oreo related? No, no, oh, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. Joe Theismann's actual name is Joe Thiesman. Interesting. He was encouraged to change it to be pronounced Theismann. Why do you think? Because he was an attractive guy back then. Theismann for the Heisman. Oh, gotcha. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Heisman mm-hmm. campaign. So it's actually, but like nothing about his name changed. Well, the pronunciation. pronunciation. It's just a variation. It's like tomato, tomato. Or it'd be like if Megan came in one day and said, I'm Megan Tyatt. Call me Tyatt. Yes. Like, just like that. (laughs) I think it's that that's not fact either. That's just opinion. It's pronunciation opinion. He he was probably, what, 19 years of his life. He was Joe Thiesman. I don't buy it. I think I think you're. We're, we're arguing. not comparing that to the Oreo. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. <laughs> That's interesting, Mike. Thank you for sharing. Sure, anytime. Um. All right. Well, I guess we'll go. Birds clinch the number one seed. Home field. NFC goes through Philly. Pretty good result, right? Well, oh, Jeffrey, how you feeling? They're not exactly rolling into the playoffs that that doesn't bother me i don't i don't follow that storyline whatsoever mm-hmm. like all week the last two days three days <laughs> they've been complaining about how jalen hurts didn't run the ball they had no predetermined like run plays for him like he didn't look great he was sliding and i, I just can't believe they're short of this much entertainment value like Obviously, the coaches said, look, man, slide, don't run the ball, don't kill yourself. And if you play at like 30% capacity, you're going to beat their backups. So just do that. 
And that's exactly what he did. And I'm also not buying how injured he is. They're saying, oh, like Nick Sirianni's like, he's banged up. Like it's, he's in a lot of pain. I'm not buying that at all. I think they're just, they're trying to make people think that he's more injured than he is. My opinion. I could be completely. That's a take. Um, um, there's a lot of chatter about, you know, they've been off. Like they haven't looked so great. They're not going to be able to turn it on and play at playoff level. Dude, they do that every year. They have the preseason, and then they're expected week one to show up and be in game shape and play like at your highest level. I think it's exactly what's going to happen. Whoever they play, Dallas, Tampa Bay, I think they're going to blow them out in Philly. I'm definitely more optimistic than everybody's. everybody else seems to be, and by everybody, like generally like talk radio people. I agree. I mean, I think the playoffs are a completely different season. And if they were playing their best football now, I'd be probably cool with that too. But they're here. They they clinched the one seed. They they did everything they were supposed to do. So I don't really see any reason not to be optimistic. Everyone's banged up. Like every team has players who are hurt at this stage of the game. So it's just – who has enough healthy players who can make enough good plays to win games. They don't need to be pretty at this point. They just got to get wins. Yeah, and if Jalen's banged up, we're going into every game as it's, it's as if it's his last game of the season. Yeah. Like, there's no, hey, Jalen, <clears throat> next Sunday. Like, there's no, you know, just take it easy on the shoulder. We're not going to run you. We're not going to throw the ball, like, deep because, you know, we want to save you for the Super Bowl. That doesn't exist. Right. right. Look, if he goes out and hurts himself week – you know, first round of the playoffs, so be it. Right. You you play to win that game. Yeah. I don't care how they got the how, how they won, you know, the the one seed in the NFC. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter to me if they stumbled into it or if they dominated into it. They're in the same position that we wanted them to be in. Yeah, I'm 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 up to I mean, hey, first round buy is huge, mm-hmm. no matter how you slice it. Home field is huge. So and they're going to get their first game against a way inferior team. Yeah. So An inferior team that plays Monday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have 15 days off. They're going to have five. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it, it lines us up. We, and I, I can't believe they, they made the schedule that way, mm-hmm. where the bye team plays a team that played on Monday and then turns around and plays on Sunday. It's so unfair. Not this year. It's not. <laughs> if, if we if the Eagles were in that game, yeah. Oh my God, people would be pissed. Pissed. But you going, Meg? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be fun. It will be. I mean, and I don't. I, I'm saying maybe. Like, of course, it'll be fun. It's just I met my quota of Eagles games like three games ago, so. <laughs> We'll see. I'm optimistic. I hope that the two weeks allows the guys who are nicked up yeah. to, to be able to play for three hours at a level that's competitive, like Lane Johnson specifically. Yeah. Like I know he's got a very touchy injury when you talk about groin or oblique or abdominal tear. Like they don't heal quickly and they're painful. They could probably get him to feel okay for a time frame. But Mike and I are looking at each other laughing because I think if today's Wednesday, it was Monday, you were sitting here saying, 
That's fine, right? Like, he'll be fine in a couple days, right? It's not that bad. <laughs> I still feel the same way. Like, he's going to have two weeks off, and they're going to they're, they're gonna dope him up on whatever they need to to get him to feel okay for three hours. And that's all I care about. And then we'll, we'll reassess yeah. at the end of that game. Look, did he tear it worse and he can't go the following week or what? All I care about is the next week. Yeah, I'm with you. Cool. Your boy. Dropping 36 in 26 last night. Yeah. He's playing out of his mind right now. Didn't like the braid look he had. No? Everybody loved it. I, I didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not opposed. I mean, it's just different. It's much different. He's never worn his hair. His just head like looks that. so much smaller now. <laughs> <laughs> Joel dropped 36 points, and he only played like 26 minutes last night. They blew the Pistons out. By like 30. Yeah. Like the entire – and what was impressive was – it's a team they should destroy. They destroyed them. They scored 42 in the third quarter, which is typically their yeah. quarter. worst quarter. Yeah. They look good. They look yeah. like they're clicking. Yeah, I want to say that's like 13 of their last like 16 or 17. I mean, they've been playing really well. They're fourth or fifth in the East, I think, um, at this point. Joe's been kind of in and out of the lineup. He's been dealing with some... They're calling it foot soreness. I, no one's really elaborated as to whether or not it's worse than that. Um, part of me thinks it's just kind of minutes. They're rolling without him. So if you don't have to have him playing as much, great. Although it makes his um, kind of ranking in like season accolades, it diminishes that, which Part of me doesn't care, but then part of me cares. Like, the way the dude's playing, he should legitimately be in the MVP conversation, but it's always going to come back to whether or not he played enough. Um, that's neither here nor there right now, though. Um, yeah, it's – I mean, they've been they've been fun to watch. And, like, aside from Joe, Harden's getting healthy, Maxie's back and healthy, and they're definitely clicking. So I think there's a noticeable difference – between those three playing together this year than last year. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I didn't think it was possible for Maxie to look better. He looks better. He just looks better with James Hart. Like when he doesn't have to run the point and James can, and he can kind of be his like explosive off the ball, off the wing guy. I mean, it just, it bodes well for everybody, him certainly, but then their offense specifically, it just gets them going and running. And and James has been doing that. And last year, you know, he was, he was hurt. I mean, it, it matters when you have a point guard of his age, like not being able to kind of push the offense the way it can go. And we're seeing that version of him a little bit. And I mean, he's been playing awesome too. I mean, his stats, like um, shooting, assists, I mean, he's he's not like Houston James Harden, but he's probably the best version we get at this stage in his career. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to like be too excited because you know, they're the Sixers, but it's it's fun to watch right now. They're fun to watch right yeah. now. All right. So yeah, I, I believe everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it, but I, I talk, talk to us about the uh... fly guys might be the opposite. <laughs> They're just uh, languishing in sub-mediocrity. They're not, mm. like, in the running for the first overall pick, which is kind of a shame because he's, he's a legit 
<clears throat> legit stud. Um, there's just a handful of teams that are, believe it or not, worse than them, and they will be worse at the end. The Flyers are going to win enough games to kind of be in that, you know, 500 Draft. at best, 10 games under 500 probably is more in line, which puts yeah. them in the top, you know, probably a 8, 9, 10 draft pick. Draft purgatory. Draft where purgatory. They, where they always are. And I think probably they'll finally deal some guys at the trade deadline that are, that a couple years ago we would have said no way. Like a Provorov, um, maybe a Konechny might be. Like guys that were seen as building blocks to build around that are valuable assets and that would that would indicate capitulation where the organization is is not lying anymore and saying we're yeah. going to be competitive we have to um you know build up some prospects and draft picks and and young potentially good players which also sucks trust the process as they say yeah <laughs> it's worked so well. I'm mean, still watching them. I love. I mean, I'm not going to not watch them, but yeah. But uh, they're 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 not a playoff team, but they're not bad enough to be picking a like a guaranteed great 18 year old next next May. Surprisingly, I don't think they're as unwatchable this year as they were last year. I think they're playing above our expectations. The, like. Tortorella, I think, is getting more out of these guys than than they were getting last year. Yeah, yeah, and some of the young guys like Tippett and Cates, I like. They're impressive. They're probably going to be pretty good players. Um, they're just not good enough up and down the lineup. Yeah, that's it. And then you know th this backup goalie that's played a few games is looks like really really good. So now it's like, hmm, well, there's. Two good goalies here, one of which is an asset. So, not very exciting, but I mean, I'm surprised to hear you, Jeff, even say that because I don't think you, I didn't think you watched any Flyers. No, but I have wa what I've tuned into, like they've looked better than I like what I watched last year. Last year, I'd watch a game and I'm like, I can't even yeah, watch. I it. agree with that. They were so bad. Yeah, they couldn't get out of their zone. They at couldn't all. get out of their zone. They couldn't. They, it was just bad, bad hockey at the professional level, and I don't feel that way when I when I when I've watched this year. Fair enough. All right, good on Philly sports. I guess so. Oh, do we have to? Go I to don't. Phillies? I didn't know there was anything else. <laughs> I, I have nothing. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. before you think of something, let's get into Coach's Corner. So, what we wanted to talk about today is. Um, you know, maybe some of the opportunities or some of the difficulties in doing what we do. So providing financial advice to our friends and family members, whether it's they ask for it or maybe we're listening to a conversation and you know feel as though we can help. Um, like how we kind of navigate those types of conversations. I'm all over the map with this. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this long enough where I have enough experience where I was the advisor to my best friend's parents. That did not go well. From the standpoint of like, I don't even know. I think they, because they trusted me so much, I don't know how much they even listened to what I was saying. And then when the shit hit the fan in the market, they bailed. Um, and I've had friends of mine who've been clients for like 20 years and it's been a great relationship. We've been able to, you know, not really go through any 
major headaches that kind of infringed on our friendship. Um, and I don't have, well, I have obviously other friends and family members that are clients, um, and it hasn't affected any of the normal like relationship that I have with that, those people. Were most of those solicited by you? None, none of them were solicited by me. Right. So your approach in that, thinking of it that way, has always been they come to you. I would never do it the other way. Yeah. Uh, for the most, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think I've ever, except for like when I first started yeah. in the business, the, the person that hired me was like, sit down with everyone you know. And the approach was, which I thought was a decent approach. You were obviously looking for business, but it was like, no one's going to do business with you because you don't have any experience in this field. But just explain to them what you're doing. Yeah. And some may have questions and maybe you can help or you can bring a, a, a more seasoned person in to help you with it. And also as time goes on, like they're going to remember, okay, that's what you do for a living. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I've solicited people mm -hmm. in my network. Yeah. I mean, I think on this issue, there's two, to me, there's two aspects to it. One is the, and I, and I think of it more than just financial, let's say financial advisory people. I think of, doctors and realtors in the same category in that there are you know there's opportunities for people to hire a friend of theirs as a doctor for example or a realtor or a financial advisor and i think there's two uh, two prongs to it that i think are factors one is the nature of the information is private and confidential and some people just won't get past the the requirement to divulge that stuff to a friend Right. Um, and I think that's real for some people. Um, the other aspect, I think, is that the possibility that something goes awry on the business relationship side of things and they don't want that potential to compromise a friendship. I know for a fact it's happened with um, my wife, who's a realtor, where friends of ours have deliberately sought out someone they don't even know rather than use her because they just didn't want to risk blowing up a friendship if something went wrong on the business transaction side. Um, and maybe a realtor is not as, um, you know, uh, apropos of an example. But I think um, it is. Mm -hmm. I lose out on that house because Pam yeah, screwed yeah. something up. It's absolutely, no matter how benign, going to affect, I believe, the relationship. Yeah. At least initially. Maybe not forever, but there's going to be a, an initial, like, strain. I think there's always going to be that, like, doubt in the back of your mind or just feeling like they're not as good as they they really think they are they they talk about or, or how they present themselves yeah and so but but on that issue of the the doubt or the fear of something going wrong or somebody being reluctant to share information that's private and you know sensitive whatever you want to call it i think that in our in our world though um the automatic and inherent trust factor that is already there maybe overrides that for a lot of people. Like you're not worrying about whether I'm like I'm, I'm working with somebody who's who I don't trust or right. who might screw me or um, I'm not really sure if they're um, they're competent or something like that. I think that that should and could at times like override any reluctance to do it uh, to do business with somebody they know for those other reasons. 
that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like with us, it's like if if someone's seeking financial advice, whether it's from their friend or a complete stranger, like in order to get good advice, you're going to have to disclose information. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that it's a friend, you know, it it maybe changes, it, it maybe creates some apprehension around doing it, but like, would you rather do that with someone you trust or go to a complete stranger and then have to do and disclose and share the same kind of information? I think there is a lot of apprehension around sharing your information with people you know, even though you trust them. I think that the client may feel like you would divulge some of that information to other people in your circle. That's see, I. I've never even. Yeah, I don't even think about that. I always think of it as like that person. So if someone shares information with me, like I'm judging them in some way, right? Like I'm being critical or judgmental of how they spend their money or how little they have in savings or like how much they do or don't make. That's what I've always felt to be the the concern. Not that I would have that information and then share it with like our mutual friends or, or connections. I, I'm sure, I'm sure both of that exists. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll take like my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, for example, Melissa's sister, uh, sister and her husband, they have said for years, they can probably like, you know, we should probably use an advisor. We should probably call Jeff. They never have, which I'm totally fine with, mm-hmm. but I would guarantee you that there's definitely some feeling of what you just said, like, Oh, well now that he knows we have that much money, and I'm making this up. I have right. no idea. Now that we know he, he knows that we have that, uh, is he going to judge us because we didn't put in on that house to go down the shore together? Or, yeah, but I don't, what, is he going to tell Melissa like uh, like what we've done? Like, I guarantee you there's, now whether that's founded or not, which obviously sure. it's not, like we treat our practice in, in confidentiality, just like doctors do. Like you cannot share that information with anyone. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. But I guarantee you there's some of that feeling there for sure. You're smiling, Mike. You're no, laughing. because I, I, at first I said that's not even, and I'm remembering that it's exactly a, a scenario that happened where a friend of mine's in-law, mother, father, whatever, the reluctance was just that, that it, the informa- any information would ultimately get back to, the, to, to my direct friend. Right. Which, of course, as you say, it would never, but... Um, that was that was a real thing. Yeah. I met with someone that knew my father, and my father knew I met with him. Dude, like one of the first questions my dad asked, how much money does he have? Like, dad, I, I, I can't tell you that, dad. Yeah. Oh, but like, you know, like, is it like a million, a couple million? I'm like, dad, I can't yeah. tell you that information. Like, yeah. you're just going to have to like go to your grave not knowing. I'm sorry. <laughs> or you can ask him yourself. Right, like, right. So I, I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, which I understand. I mean, I get, but you gotta, you're, you're going to have to divulge that information to someone. Right. And in today's world, six degrees of Kevin Bake, like I'm sure like <laughs> some, like they may know that stranger probably knows somebody that you know, man. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting place to be in because even if someone doesn't directly ask you for advice, right. You're like, there's there's conversation scenarios that that occur where it's like oh Meg like what do you think or oh Jeff Mike what do you guys think 
And you don't want to be the super salesy, like, oh, well, I can, that's exactly what we do. We can help you, like, solve that problem. <laughs> you know, I, but it's also, like... kind of like that approach. Like, that was good. <laughs> but, you, but you also want to kind of remind people that, like, it's literally what I do for a job. And not because you have to come to me for the advice, but, like... <sighs> but also, I think the answer is, like, listen, if you think I'm going to Susie Orman you right. with the answer... I'm not doing it. Like, I can't give you the answer to some generic question that applies specifically to you without knowing anything more about you. A lot of other information, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm obviously, you both know me. I'm a very open person. I don't, like, I would, I am all on board with, like, like, I had a neck issue years ago. I called my buddy I graduated Malvern with. He's not a neurosurgeon, but... If he was, he's the guy I'm going to see. Yeah. And because I trust him. And, and it's 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 100 percent. I know this person. They're a friend of mine. I believe they're going to give me good information and information in my best interest. And that is above all to me. And I need to stop with he's an orthopedic surgeon. So like if I do see him, I'm like, hey, dude, like my knee. <laughs> and I need to stop that because yeah. I don't want to do it that way. I'd rather like schedule an appointment and go to your office. Derek and sit in your office and yeah. have you get compensated for giving me that advice. Yeah. And I don't want it in any other way. I don't want you to give me a discount. I want your service the way you charge for it. Yeah. But he referred me to a neurosurgeon and I had more faith in that neurosurgeon because he was like, look, if there's something wrong with my neck, that's the guy I'm going to go see. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to find out how much you're going to ask me how much I drink. You're going to ask me like what kind of medication I take. I'm an open book, man, because I just I value that trust, and and I just I'm, I guess I'm such a cynic, and I I am so um, skeptical of every professional I come across that if I know someone in the business that is a friend of mine, that's the person I want to use. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a good good summation. Well put. Before we wrap up Coach's Corner, we just want to add a couple of quick points on the SECURE Act uh, that was passed at the end of last year. There were some modifications to kind of the current way of doing things that we thought were worth highlighting. They've increased the required minimum distribution age from 72 to 73, beginning in 2023. And then in 2033, it jumps to 75. You can now roll over balances in 529 plans up to $35,000 to a Roth IRA. So if my kid doesn't use all of their 529, that's in my name with them as the beneficiary, I can take 35 grand of that balance and it rolls into a Roth IRA for them. Yes. I'm not on it. It's, it's literally, it, it, it was my money that I was going to use for their college and now becomes their money. Correct. There are some particulars sure. about the allowances of it, but yes, yeah. generally that's speaking, cool. that's how it works. Yes. Um, there's some modifications to qualified plans. They're creating an emergency savings account, which will allow employers to establish accounts that are similar um, to kind of Roth-style investments, which will allow, um, assuming, I guess we can assume, employees to contribute up to 2500 bucks for savings that they can access um, <clears throat> for emergencies. Um, and then there's a changes in some of the 10% penalty distributions um, you're able to access 
up to $1,000 penalty-free from 401ks or IRAs, um, whereas before there's been a lot of restrictions around, around doing that. Along the same lines of the minimum distributions, the penalty for not taking an RMD used to be 50. It's being reduced to 25%, which is big. Still pretty high. Yeah, but, I mean, cutting it in half is pretty yeah. significant. <clears throat> um, yeah, we found a just a, like, 16-bullet one-pager that we'll share in the, in the details of the episode. Any others that you guys want to point out? I think that's good. So we'll move on. The next topic we're going to discuss is from the podcast, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, um, a podcast from Raymond Satie. Uh, he also wrote a book. He's the author of the book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Um, <clears throat> his podcast is uh, available, I guess, on podcasts wherever you can find them. But we watched the YouTube video um, during which he interviews Nate and Serena, who are in their late 20s and engaged. Serena makes 80 grand a year and Nate makes $45,000 a year as a resident. So um, will soon be a doctor. The interview discusses their money habits individually and as a couple. The conversation starts um, with them talking about a trip they plan to see Serena's family, which Serena paid for and expects to be reimbursed, but evolves to their shared expenses and the differences in how they view sharing their finances. So we thought the topic of sharing expenses, splitting expenses with a significant other was worthy of discussion. Yeah, and I think that the example which Jeff and I instantly disagreed on was <laughs> the, the hypothetical of a engaged couple who live together, make disparate incomes, and are quibbling over whether they should share the rent or, or proportionally share the rent, right? Yep. So my take on that is, are you kidding me? Rent is not charged based on your income. Rent is based on the living space. If you, if you share it, you split it. I don't care if, if I make 10 times the amount. Or, split or it in one. half. And you're saying split it equally, 50-50. Plus their fiancés. That's, that's even more of a reason to be like, why are we, are we seriously going to like sharpen the pencil here, guys, and, and say, like, uh, you know, you owe three times as much as I do for rent because you make three times as much as I do? What if they rent a house in Florida for a month? And it's five grand. They split it 2,500, 2,500? Yes. I can't, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. And I have like multiple examples that <laughs> there's no way you can still feel the same way you feel. We have clients. What if they're, not, okay, go ahead. Sorry. That have like one, like they're a married couple, recently married. One has more money than the other, one has more income than the other, and they're splitting expenses down the middle, and one of them can barely make the payments in fact is running out of money to make the payments uh -huh. so that should be split down the middle uh, okay um, let me clarify <laughs> that's just one example i got another one <laughs> for let you me clarify in that example i totally agree with you if one of the the one of the two in the in the example has no savings or no cash and they can't pay for that five thousand dollar whatever rental of course it's going to be it's going to be paid for by the the one that has the the financial resources to do it. Okay, so there's a, there's a line monetarily where you agree. So like if they had a baby and they weren't married yet and she's staying home taking care of the baby and he's making $300,000 a year, 
they they're he's going to pay the rent. She doesn't have to come up with her half. All right. Let me let me I guess again clarify further. <laughs> this this hypothetical suggests that there is a split of the rent according to their incomes. I agree that, with that 100%. That I could not disagree with more. It's the rent would be in this case paid based on who has the money to pay it. They're they're engaged. They're not just roommates. Like, uh, this is what I can't understand. Like, you, you, it's your fiance, and the rent's going to be paid out of one or maybe both, but probably just one person's account. Isn't it all going to the same place? So are you agreeing with me or are you disagreeing with me? I'm, I'm, you're losing. I'm me. disagreeing because I'm, I'm in my mind, this whole thing is, okay, she makes twice as much as I do. The rent's a thousand. Um you got to write a check for 660 and I write a check for 330. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you do it that way? I would say, okay, we live together. What are all of our um, like joint expenses, utilities? Um, maybe I'd throw the, our cars in the mix, uh, rent, Netflix, Hulu. Like I'd add it all up. It's four grand a month. Babe, you make 90, I make 45. So you're going to chip in three. I'm going to chip in or whatever the math breaks out. Absolutely. I'll put a thousand bucks in the joint account. You put three and then pay the bills. Like if I owned a home, if you owned your home and then you got engaged and you were, you were making your monthly mortgage payment and then you got engaged, you wouldn't ask Pam for half of it. You would probably just keep paying the mortgage. Of course. Most likely. This is talking about they live in an apartment together. The right. rent is X. Right. And because she makes... And, and and they're split like their incomes are different. Right, exactly. So they're scenario. paying the same amount of money towards the rent, which doesn't make any sense to me. Why would they do that? My my argument is why wouldn't I have gone to Pam and said you owe money for rent this month? I just wrote a check. Like why are we getting to this like splitting everything based on? I'm, I guess I'm hung up on the fiance part of it. I I mean if they're roommates. Yeah. Well, roommates I, is a different story. A different story totally. but this is a fiance situation. But I don't think I think that it's 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 happening a little bit differently now. People don't combine finances maybe as early. Um maybe not at all. I mean, we see it now more probably than ever that like people maintain their finances separately. So joint expenses aren't the responsibility of one person it's this place we live in together these groceries we eat together these utilities that we assume together are split so you basically go you take showers that are twice as long as mine <laughs> no the water bill is <laughs> on you no right? no it's that's you, getting a little too we use that's the road x amount of down. water no i mean i i guess it's it, we're, we have to, yes, they're engaged, but we have to assume that they're not at a place where it all comes from one pot just yet. They may eventually be there. And then to your point, it's like, I cover rent, you get the, the bills when we go out to eat. Like, it all evens out in some form or fashion. We're not, you know, keeping track of it. But we have to assume, I think, in this scenario that finances are not com combined or commingled to the extent where like everything's one pot. If I was engaged today and I started living with my, my fiance, if I didn't pay for everything that was like, like when I got, when I got engaged, I was in my own home. Right. 
and I and when she moved in, I didn't charge her for Pico for. But if my fiance and I moved into a place together, yes. Today, I would most likely say, okay, what are our joint expenses per month? Okay, I make X, you make Y. Proportionally, let's each chip in this amount to this account to pay those bills. That's yes. how I would handle it. I wouldn't I say, they'll divvy it right in half. I don't care how much you make. I don't care how much I make. And then we'll pay those joint expenses, which is what you're suggesting. Basing things on income to me is nonsensical. How else would you do it, though? Like, to, d- to do it equally, like, what if there's a huge disparity in income? Then are you forced, is the person who makes more money forced to live a lifestyle that, like, they don't want to? They are subsidizing the other person because they are engaged. Right. We agree. We're, we're agreeing with that. We want to subsidize. If somebody makes more money, subsidize the person who doesn't. But don't charge them anything. Don't charge them because if, if it's but 10 what to if 1... It's, but what if it's not? What if it's not that egregious? What if it's... 80 to 45. Yeah, like, what if it's 50 and 80? And it's like, combined, our 100 and, you know... Thir- what is that math? 130. 100... <laughs> what did we say? 80 and 50? $130,000, like, can afford us a fairly nice apartment and, like, the ability to go and do nice things. But if we're living on $50,000 a year's budget, we can't do any of those things. So I... The, the whole thing here, not to belabor this, this is this whole argument is based on whether you are assuming that going forward, finances will be split or versus commingled. And in my small head, I'm just assuming they're commingled. And so what are we doing? Right. So you guys are just arguing fair. that they're, since going forward and indefinitely, there's going to be his money and her money. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually the opposite, dude. Then, I mean, then I'm why commingling. Are, then why are you doing this? Their money is commingled. Their incomes are obviously separate, right? They have separate they incomes. They always will be. Right, right. But- this, to me, makes a lot of sense because it allows both of us to contribute to the extent that we can afford to. And then most of the shit that we want to do together that's more expensive, whomever makes more money will be contributing more to those things. It sounds like you have some thinking to do much. <laughs> No, I mean, he- <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The, the thing about this particular circumstance, too, that like was interesting was she she wanted to go to visit her family, I think lived in Korea or whatever. And they it's an expensive trip. She paid for her fiance to go. She like lent him three thousand dollars. And part of their disagreement throughout the episode was him not being able to pay her back in a fashion in which she wanted to be reimbursed like as quickly. So that I think is to your point, Mike, I don't agree with that. Like far too nitpicky if that maybe that's the right word. Yeah. Um, So I'm in agreement that there's a line that can absolutely be crossed to making this way more complicated and difficult. And in the case of this couple, like, straining than it needs to be. But I guess if we're talking about just kind of ordinary every month living expenses, I imagine that both people want to feel as though they contribute an amount that they feel like they can afford to. And that in most cases is not going to be 50-50. Yeah, like I understand your point. Like Hulu doesn't care how much you make. They charge whatever they charge. Right. 
right? The service isn't income-based, right? It's to your mm -hmm. point. Like, nobody cares how much money you make. The bills are what they are. But if the person making more money wants to live in a 3,500-square-foot home and the person making less money can't afford to live in that home, but that's where they're going to go, you can't expect the person making less money to, to be contribute. able to contribute exactly half if it's kind of unaffordable for them. If the person who makes more money wants to be in that, they're going to have to pay more so that as a couple, we can be there. I think it, it's a larger discussion, which we've had before, which is some people commingle everything. And I'm yeah. talking about like not a engaged couple in an apartment I'm talking about you know married people or other people have allowance systems where they yeah. put a certain amount of money in their spouse's account every month and that's theirs and then they kind of work it that way and um there's a lot of different systems and i mean something works for different people obviously but it's messy it, it, yeah and no matter how you do it i'm telling like it's messy well i don't know that it's my my opinion is that if you just have it all in and this is my opinion i'm not saying it's right but it works for some people which is you make financial decisions jointly based on the everything that the two that the couple has affordability or not it doesn't mean that you're you're starting to have arguments about well i make x and you make y so you know, i'm making this decision or um I, I don't know. I, it's just very, very foreign to me what th th this whole discussion just is. <laughs> I think it's also, though, like this couple is engaged. They're not yet married. This is probably a really good time for them <laughs> to like hash this yeah. shit out because you're right. Like everybody views their own money differently. They've they view the way other people manage their money differently. Yeah. So I, I think over time, couples develop systems that worked that work well for them. And the couple in this particular episode had the girl who felt as though, despite that she's making more than her fiance now, she kept saying, he's going to be a doctor. He's going to make more money than me. Like, eventually, I'm going to be the one making less in this relationship. Like, she, she has a lot of emotional attachment to, like, who makes more. Not even It doesn't even sound like the dollar amount, but just... Right making more or less than her partner. So like there's a lot of deep rooted things that like we are not prepared to kind of, you know, dive into. I I think the point of this was just how interesting it is how people choose to split money or not um in early stages of relationships in long-term relationships and kind of everything in between. When you're in that established relationship or, you know, yeah. whether you're married or not, I believe the two people sit down, they look at the household income that comes in, and they make a decision about where that income goes. Exactly what Mike just From said. From the standpoint yep. of like, look, this is like, we're going to pay these bills. You're going to save this in your 401k. I'm going to save mm -hmm. this in our Roth. And the total 120 is going to be at zero at the end of the year because we put X here, there, and everywhere. And I think that's the discussion that should be had. That everybody, and, and whether you're like 40, like 10,000 of your 40,000 goes to pay bills, but 20,000 of your 40,000 goes into our savings account, it doesn't matter because it's all one big pot, right? Is, I, is the way I think it should be done, which I think is what you're I, saying. Yeah, as well. I think I agree with that. And I think people get there eventually. I just don't think everybody starts there. No. And there's a lot of people just come from a place of, what's mine is mine 
I want to contribute and feel like, again, everyone's equitably and fairly contributing, but not to the extent where, you know, maybe I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or I have to over-subsidize or supplement. Yeah, like it just gets messy because you come into these relationships right. with your own stuff. Right. Right. And then like I get married and my wife has a car payment and student loans and then we have kids and now she's not working. So I don't expect her to pay the car payment and student loan. Right. So as a family, we were like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay those. Right. And then they, once she starts working again, she never starts paying them again, <laughs> which is a slippery slope. Yeah. This sounds a little bit, <laughs> a little bit personal. <laughs> All right. So we'll just jump right into the top five, top five things. I don't give a damn about that. A lot of other people do. Yeah. Cool. Who wants to start? I'll go ahead. All right. Kanye West. I don't give a damn about Kanye West. Like if he fell off the planet, yeah, I would. I, like I, it wouldn't even. It wouldn't even phase me. Like oh, Kanye West funnel fell off the planet. Okay, <laughs> can I get a medium? Uh, so I mean, if we're going through individual people, there's 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 top five million. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, so I stayed away from individuals. He, he just he stuck out, and it looks as I'm looking like, um, politics. I, I I don't give a damn about politics. I really. I mean, I sh I know I should. I just, I don't give a damn about him. I knew you were going to say that one. I, I did. Is that your eye or is that your I'm teeth? Disappointed. I thought you came around. No, I haven't. I tried and, and I. And On I, politics? Yeah. You I just thought don't. came around? No, not really. <laughs> um, any of the Real Housewives shows? Oh, I had that one. Did you really? I mean, I just had reality TV generally. Okay. But mine's specific to the like the Real Housewives of wherever. I don't know. I can't. It's unwatchable. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't give a damn about any of those people. Mm -hmm. Facebook. I don't give a damn about Facebook. I, I hate it. And I don't give a damn about it. Okay. Any family that exists to like have a YouTube channel, the YouTube channel families. I I, I don't give a damn about them at all. I've never heard of them. Or oh my god! Them. Really? Like, give me an example. I don't. I don't live on YouTube. I guess you have kids. Who <sighs> yeah, I, I can't. I don't even know the names of them. my kids. Are like, oh, look at what like Charlie and Johnny did to that. I'm like, oh, I don't give a damn about Charlie and Johnny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's yeah. my five. That's your five. All right, I guess I'll go. All right. Um, college football. Wow. I agree I, with you. 100%. I absolutely would not have a shred of interest in watching like a BCS championship game of matter who any bowl game wow. I could not care less and, That's a good and one. you guys probably thought I was gonna say baseball or basketball <laughs> but but as you know right you have stipulations you know conference finals mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you're in I'm in but like you didn't watch the national championship game on Monday nope. yeah no nope. what about I mean you're you're a Gamecocks guy now yeah you've like attended games this year you've like stickers on your car but the, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not there for the college football. Yeah. Like, I thought you were kind of into that. Oh. Yeah, you came in chirping a couple Mondays about, oh, did you see the Gamecocks on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> they pulled out a big win. Yeah. I don't recall that like, at all. Utah State or whoever they play. <laughs> nice try. I agree with you 100%. I, yeah, that's I a hate, good one. I hate college football. Um, MMA and anything related to. Oh, Mike, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Anything man. related yeah. to MMA or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um Next, I have cars. Cars. There's car people, car guys. I could not care less about cars. Mm -hmm. Just in general. I mean, I don't know. I feel really? like you care a little bit about your Jeep. Just a guy who had like a crossover SUV Audi. 
Yeah, but of course I don't, you don't. I don't. I'm not a car person, like whatsoever. All right, so you somebody gives you like a, uh, uh, <laughs> like you're not driving that anymore. Now you're driving like a Kia Sorento. You're like whatever. It gets me to A to B. I'm good. That's not my point. There's car people. <laughs> like you have your Jay Leno's and people like that that are like, or the, the gearheads that are so into like fixing up cars and cars. Okay, that's and, a different, know, okay. Whatever, you know. Um, I'll call you out on it. Next I have casinos slash gambling. Interesting. Guys, like, so much you, overlap. Top, top so much anymore? overlap. I, I have a not. couple. You, 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 you can know, just keep You can them. have all of that. Have it. I just, you know, say no more. And then finally... Oscar, Grammys, Tonys, Golden Globes, all of that. Another all good that. one. Another good one. That's a really Lots good of one. People love that. And um, man, don't give a damn. Yeah, I'm like I'm like five for five on yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Okay, so I had gambling. Um, I also had. I mean, I had reality TV generally. So yeah. all of different. it, whether it's Real Housewives, whether it's Bachelorette. Love is blind. Yeah, The Bachelor. I mean, could well, not care less. What about Big Brother? Nope. No, I, I, I don't even know the premise of half the shows. Like, especially at the comp- those ones. No. no I'm naked and afraid. No. Survivor? Nope. Okay, so all rea- reality. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I said. Yeah, gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Game of Thrones. Oh, that's a great one. Could never, will never, and like. You don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, just. Yeah. You don't, have you even watched it? No, because I don't give a damn about it. <laughs> if you watched it, you'd give a damn about it. I've tried. I've You're tried. You're lying. No, I've tried. Um, Shame on you. And you, Mike. The royal family. Good one. That's really good. Like, And I feel like it's very polarizing right now because of whatever is happening whatever. with his face. But it, it wouldn't matter. Like, if... All of them fell off the face of the earth. If Buckingham Palace just like evaporated, cool. It's just another day. Gotcha. And then expensive wine. That's a really good one. Like I'm in a place where I like what I like, but 20 bucks is the max. You give me something more than that. I can't tell the difference. It's really good. So like this is. This is fantastic. It's, it's 150 dollars a bottle, and I'm like, it tastes like decoy. That's yeah, it tastes $20. like the McMurray that I buy once a week yeah. at the liquor store. Once a week, I think you might be overdoing it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was five, right? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you throw in a few backups, or or I had um, I had the Kardashians, but they kind of I feel like they fall into reality TV a bit. Um, I had Facebook, which you said. And then I had Will Ferrell, but because we weren't doing individuals. That's not nice. <laughs> I, yeah, everybody loves him. i just not a big fan. Did you guys see the musical he did with Ryan Reynolds? It's on like Apple TV. It was like a Christmas. No. Horrible. Cringe. Really? Oh, my God. Maybe the worst thing I've watched, I watched in 2022. So it just reinforced your feeling for Will Oh, one million percent. <laughs> And it made me dislike Ryan Reynolds, who I don't have beef with. Yeah. Up until that point, I didn't. Wow. Yeah. Deadpool. Not a fan anymore. Love Deadpool. Hated whatever this thing was called. (laughs) All right. All good? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.